Hello, Imaginers. Today, I am wrapping up my three-part series on uncovering your passion. In the first episode, we talked about identifying the whispers and the nudges from your current life, things that you are naturally drawn to, things that are not on your to-do list, things that maybe you get in trouble for in your current position. In the second episode, we talked about starting to identify and observe things from your childhood. We looked at what were the things that you naturally played as a child? What are things that you were naturally doing before society got a hold of you, (laughs) before you were influenced by those who wanted you to stay safe, that primal instinct to stay safe and follow a course that is well-worn, that is deemed consistently successful. And in today's episode, we're going to talk about the last element of uncovering your passion and your purpose by identifying your superpowers. These are things that can be both natural and to some degree they can be enhanced. I believe that we all have superpowers and and natural inclinations, but they often go ignored because they don't seem relevant to many of us. They seem like a small, skill or ability that doesn't serve our purpose. But in reality, they're all pieces of the puzzle, all pieces of that uncovering that we use to create what we were really meant to be in this life. And because they're often ignored and they are natural inclinations, so not easily identified perhaps, I'm going to walk you through some of mine so that you can begin to identify some of yours. Because the more that we move to our natural alignment, the more that we stand in our joyful purpose. When I was in fifth grade, I was taught to speed read. I'm not exactly sure why I was selected for this. I don't remember if it was the whole class or if we were given some kind of pretest that determined if we were a good fit. But regardless, I was taught to speed read. And I remember it vividly. They would put up on the screen a story and they would teach us to read. Instead of going from left to right, they would teach us to read going down the middle. And as you would go down the middle of the page, your peripheral vision would catch what was on the left and on the right. And I find myself, this is still the way that I read today. In fact, I was in a doctor's office recently and the practitioner was watching me and apparently I was going down the middle of the page and I was kind of filling out things along the way, but not everything. And then I would go back up to the top of the page and fill it in. And this practitioner asked me if English was my first language. And I said, yes, what makes you ask that? And they said, well, I've never seen anyone go down the middle of the page like that. And that was speed reading. And that I think the purpose of going down the middle of the page was to tell your brain what was coming next so that you could, again, of course, fill in the elements from left to right, but also see the bigger part of the story. 
And that has come in so handy in my career coaching business because I can see what's coming next. I can see where my clients are going. I can see their future. And so much of that came from speed reading. Another amazing thing that came from speed reading is my ability to simply speed read. (laughs) And because we did this speed reading over and over and over, and they always tested our comprehension to make sure we were actually understanding what we're reading. Because we did this over and over and over, and we did it at such a young formative age, this became a habit for me. And so today I just speed read. It's just the way that I, that my brain works. And I can speed read thousands of pages of articles and books and research on neuroscience and data on human development, including how to hack and rewire your brain. And I can speed read all these thousands of pages so that you don't. Because I want my client coaching sessions to focus on uncovering your specific purpose and then taking action. And part of the way that I do that is by serving up exactly the nugget that you need in those sessions. And the reason I'm able to serve up the exact nugget is because I am reading thousands of pages and because I can see what's coming next. So I consume on my client's behalf so that they don't have to. And this has served me incredibly well in my purpose. And again, it might seem like an insignificant skill to be able to speed read, but it is bigger than speed reading. It is being able to identify the data point that makes the biggest difference. And again, also see what's coming next. When I look back, I also realized that there were elements of curating that began for me all the way back in middle school. Because to serve up a specific data point, you not only have to consume the information, but you have to be able to curate the most valuable point, the most valuable element for the specific client, which is very unique to every client. When I was in middle school, I joined the yearbook staff. And I quickly realized that I loved sorting through pictures and curating information. We had staff photographers who would go out and take a ton of pictures, and then someone had to actually sort through all the pictures. And that appealed to me. I loved looking through and deciding which photo captured the theme of the yearbook section or the yearbook page. I also relished summarizing the entire year with just a few thoughtful words or a few thoughtful pictures. I've always loved that Shakespearean quote, Brevity is the soul of wit. And it felt like a beautiful puzzle to be able to figure out how to take hundreds of pictures and words and create something incredibly succinct. Today, I curate. I take all that information that I speed read and I curate it for my clients. I take the thousands of words and graphics and data and curate the exact nugget that they need. Part of the way that I curate is first to organize and then to identify patterns. And I realized that this started for me at a young age as well. My first job was as a hostess at an antique market and bed breakfast. And I found there that I loved sorting items. 
So I was the hostess that greeted anyone that came into the bed and breakfast or the antique market. Oftentimes they came in waves, so I had some time to do other things. And there was a checkout area that included branded clothing items and cards. And I always felt drawn to organize them. But in the way that made sense to me, I would think about which card themes fit together, even if they didn't have a specific theme that was readily known, even if they didn't have words, if they only had pictures. I would think about which themes actually went together in my head. And then what would draw a customer to them? I also created this visual journey in my head of the antique market. There were several owners within the the market, several dealers within one broader market. And I would encourage visitors to follow this thematic path that I could see in my head to organize their experience of shopping. And today, I organize my clients' ideas, their input. I can easily see themes and patterns that potentially they can't. Because again, I can see what's coming next. It all started in fifth grade. (laughs) I also love communicating those themes from the, the ideas and the input from my clients. When I was in high school, I began writing for my local newspaper. Sometimes the editor would assign me stories, but often I would create my own. But the one thing they shared in common was that I saw the privilege of telling the story. And it was from my perspective. It was from my narrative. And I would think about all the details of all the five senses that would help capture the story. Maybe the elements that no one else took note of. And today, I'm my client's storyteller. I love to narrate to them all of the data and information and input that they give to me. What they would call maybe some seemingly insignificant details of their story and help narrate what is their path, what is their purpose, what are the themes and patterns that I can see that help create their picture, their purpose. But to be able to narrate their purpose, I also have to be a keen observer. I think I've always been an observer. It's part of being an introvert, probably. My parents joke that I spent my entire childhood in my room. But for me, there was a magical world inside that room. The one where I could create what I wanted by observing and contemplating, correlating, identifying patterns and themes, seeing what was coming next, because then I could attract it. Now, I didn't realize this at the time, but I did understand that observing gave you access to an incredible amount of information that you could decide what you wanted to do with. And I began to notice in college that I had this ability to create these magical moments by simply practicing awareness. It was in college that I began traveling internationally, and I had this inexplicable knack for running into friends in different countries. It actually happened to me twice on the same trip in two different countries. (laughs) Now, in all fairness, I knew both sets of friends were traveling in Europe, but that's a pretty big continent. 
And I think I was able to run into them because I was observing at all times. When others were focused on the individual moment, I was actually able to see the bigger picture. And that's how I believe I was able to observe and notice that resulted in us running into each other. And today, I observe. I observe so much about my clients, their unspoken body language, the way their face lights up when we uncover their secret passions, the pause in the conversation when we hit on something they're contemplating. And it comes so naturally to me. In fact, I'd always rather observe first. And in that observation, I can help them surface their purpose. Surfacing an outcome is also about editing. When I began my career, I quickly gravitated to editing. I had to take an editing test, actually, and I found it so easy. In fact, I couldn't figure out why it was a prerequisite. I recently edited a friend's book for fun, and I had a ball. (laughs) Identifying which elements are extra is what helps me process the world. And let's face it, there's a lot of overwhelm in modern society. But that editing skill also helps me edit what my clients are providing, their thoughts, their ideas, their limiting beliefs, their dreams, because often their purpose is five to 10 layers deep. And we have to clear out what's covering it up. Years of belief systems from our families, teachers, society, all given with the best of intentions. Primal urges that tell us to stay safe by continuing on the known course, the road more traveled. Those are well-worn pathways and hard-earned. So it takes some time to dust them off and see what's really underneath. What can you observe from your life? There are themes and patterns waiting for you. Patterns in the day-to-day. Themes in the simple moments. So this week, I encourage you to continue to uncover your superpowers, natural inclinations and abilities. What are you asked over and over to help with? At work, at home, what do you consider the go-to for? What do you love researching? What situations do you gravitate toward? The community builder, the researcher, the problem solver, the organizer, What skills do you overlook because they seem so easy? All of these answers and details. Make up your purpose. They're all the pieces of the puzzle. And your purpose is out there waiting for you. I am cheering you on. If you want to start creating the career of your wildest dreams, sign up for my weekly email at kylamartinconsulting.com forward slash inspiration. This is your destination for uncovering your purpose, removing any obstacles, and creating the career you imagine.